0: Folks, as we await the Winnipeg Jets to make some major moves or do something of interest, I thought it would be time to slow it down a little bit and see how the rest of the Central Division continues to evolve their rosters. Obviously, some of these teams are a little bit cash strapped and there are a variety of different motivations, different ambitions and goals, and maybe some teams that just don't really care and are looking to start over. We'll take a look at which teams might threaten the Jets next season and which ones you can probably safely write off, all coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello friends and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, talking about tonight, I I thought it would be worth going through the rest of the Central Division and seeing how um, a lot of our rivals are are approaching this offseason. Obviously, quite a few teams have made some interesting changes to their teams. Some haven't really moved the needle a lot. I think a lot of squads out there are mostly trying to figure out things internally first, because in terms of there being a lot of cap space um, and a lot of salary available, well, most teams are not really in that position. So uh, given the amount of restrictions on teams, you you know, you're looking at the Central Division and you're kind of wondering, OK, a lot of teams are running it back next season. If the Jets are among this group, where might they rank and how do they stack up against uh, some of these squads? Which ones are the most competitive? And kind of kicking us off, we're going to take a look at the Chicago Blackhawks because, among any of these Central Division teams, I would say the Hawks have had the most radical change. Now, I would not say it's for the better. Uh, Chicago hasn't really um, made themselves particularly competitive. I think, if anything, they have really gutted the team in a way that I was was not really expecting. Aside from like some additions on the lower end, like um, Andreas Athanasiu and guys like Max Domi, who were just signing like a one-year deal, Uh, Colin Blackwell is also joining for cheap. He's joining for like two years, um, and he's just over a a little over a million per year. Generally speaking, they've had more of an exodus of talent than anything. We've watched Alex Debrinket go in that major blockbuster trade to the Ottawa Senators. We've seen Henrik Borgström get released. Uh, Not that Borgström was a particularly large player in this uh, organization or anything, but certainly um, he's moved on to the Washington Capitals, and he's actually joined by another Blackhawk who also just cut ties with this organization. We have seen, um, of course, Dylan Strom sign with the caps uh, for just one year. And look, I I know that Strom might not move the needle to some people, but in terms of what he meant to the Hawks, he was like a pretty legit top six attacker. So it is actually a pretty notable loss Uh, in net, they have ended up um, bringing in Peter Muratsky, which, I mean, Muratsky, if you're looking to tank, is probably about as useful a goalie as you can possibly get for this objective. Obviously, the Hawks don't really have, uh, even before Muratsky, they didn't really have any true number one netminder. I mean, they had like Kevin Lankin in, and I don't even remember who else. Uh, Flurry had spent some time there as well last year, and of course, then got moved um, to a different team. So overall, I, I don't really know what their whole objective is. I feel like there, there's two like schools of thought for me here. Either they know that they're really bad and they're purposely trying to tear this team apart and put it on the track towards like a lottery pick next year, or they think that this is okay and they're trying to, I don't know, maybe make some deals that they think are going to shore up the future, but they don't realize just how much they're gutting. I don't know if they think that they'll be competitive next season. It's kind of hard to tell because they didn't exactly do that well in the DeBrinkat trade, uh, but, I mean, I, I don't know. They drafted pretty well, so I kind of feel like, you know, given the additions of Korczynski, Nazar, and some of the other prospects that they've brought in, I feel like they're trying to force guys like Kane and T- Taves out by making this team as uncompetitive as possible, and it seems like they're not really too concerned about how they do it. That's just a, a personal opinion. I don't really know if this is truly the case in their front office, but, my my thought is they might be trying to tear this team apart and, and basically burn away all the vestiges of the Bowman era as much as possible and eventually get Kane and Taves to just give in and accept a trade because, um, you know, those guys are nearing the ends of their careers. And quite frankly, I think the Hawks would love nothing more than to try and cut all ties with anyone associated to, to the Kyle Beach era. So, yeah, a strange one. We also saw Kirby Dock get sent to Montreal, and that led to the pick that they used on Frank Nazar and a, another 2022 third round pick. Uh, I think they got out of that one. Gavin Hayes. Don't know a lot about Hayes, but certainly Nazar was one of my top prospects this year. Uh, somebody that I thought would have been really cool to join um, the Jets if you know he had fallen to that that first first rounder for the Win, for the Winnipeg Jets. But overall. Yeah, Chicago definitely is on the on the backslide towards like a lotto team, and to me, it just feels like they're preparing to the tank. Uh, and certainly, if you're bringing in guys like Staylock and and in and Net, and basically gutting your forward core, barring just one or two uh, of your mainstay players, yeah, I mean, I think they are most definitely on the way to pretty much imploding. But again, as long as it's intentional, I don't disagree with this approach, but you know, they just might want to get a better return for some of their superstar players like the Brinkett, because if they are having a fire sale and they're just burning all of these ties for cheap, not really setting yourself up for a lot of success down the long term, right? Uh, you want to make sure that you're getting max returns because otherwise it just looks like you're really embarrassing yourself. But hey, at least with the picks that they've acquired uh, from some of these trades, you you know, they got two top end prospects in Gorczynski and Nazar. So uh, I, I suppose that it's is probably according to their plan. Um, now, as far as the rest of the Central Division is concerned, uh, some teams have made a couple of major moves. I think Colorado is one of the more interesting ones, and we'll check in with them in just a little a little bit to see how they are approaching their first uh, post-Stanley Cup season under the Joe Sakic era. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out one of, one of our wonderful partners at BetOnline.net. Uh, for those of you who have heard me talk about BetOnline before, you know that I'm not personally... Super into online betting. I don't know how it works, Uh, but even as a complete newbie, BetOnline really made it as easy as possible. I was able to bet on a Bundesliga match and actually won the bet, which is pretty darn cool. But, you know, they explained all the statistical information, how you'd cast your bet, uh, lines, odds, and all that stuff. And really, it couldn't be easier. But, you know, more than just being an online betting site, they've also got tons of information for you, including uh, live updates and scores news, league reviews, podcasts, and everything in between. They're more of like a true sports fans website that just also happens to be a hub for online betting. And they've got tons of sports, from Major League Baseball to NFL, NBA, NHL, combat, sports, esports, and even golf. Heck, I've seen them even do triple crown racing odds. So if you're into all that stuff, you should be sure to check them out. They've also got Vegas casino games for those of you who don't really like sports uh, but still want to get in on the action Getting started really couldn't be easy. Just go to betonline.net to uh, to create a free account on your laptop or mobile device because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are taking a look around the league at uh, how the Central Division is shaping up for the upcoming season. A number of teams have had a couple of pretty drastic makeovers, but not all of them have seemingly done as much as squads like Chicago. Before we take a look at our next team that is going to have a a few renovations, uh, especially after winning a cup, I do want to let you know, uh, first off, again, thank you for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day, but I also wanted to let you know about a really big thing for um, many of you who are probably NFL fans. A lot of you are probably trying to get ready for the next season because there has been some pretty drastic movements around the NFL and obviously predicting which players are going to be the most impactful for your fantasy odds. It's always a bit of a challenge and a bit of a fun guessing game, but Locked On is here to help. If you're wondering which NFL stars move the betting line the most, you need to be checking out Locked On NFL starting July 8th, 18th. They will give you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the oddsmakers at Bet Online. Again, it is available July 18th on Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Same places you can find our podcasts. Again, it's free to subscribe, so be sure to check them out and get started on your NFL season early. Now swinging back to uh, the teams around the central, I thought it would next be worth taking a look at Colorado because this team has certainly made a number of interesting changes. Uh, most of their players, for the you know the, the broad majority, are are kind of coming back. Right, this is a team that didn't have a ton of cap space to work with, but has made some changes uh, in net. Though they've definitely downgraded in quality, they. Uh, ended up letting Darcy Kemper go to the Washington Capitals for uh, a pretty hefty contract out there in Washington. Um, and instead, they've brought in Alexander Georgiev. And then I think on the back end for like their number two, uh, they had Jacob McDonald or I don't know. I'm not sure who, who their backup is going to be because they've got a couple of goalies under contract, a lot of prospects and stuff. But uh, I don't know somebody uh, uh, who's an Avs fan might want to f- fill me in here because my best best guess is it's like Pavel Franco's. Um Fransos is probably the most likely candidate. But if that's your one, uh, one-two punch in the, in net, I don't know that Georgiev necessarily has the best track record. But this organization is also very smart. They seemingly find and identify great talents for cheap all the time. And Kemper gave them pretty much elite results for most of his tenure. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess they've always been a team that works in the margins and finds really good value but you start looking at their contract extensions and it's it's getting a little bit interesting. Josh Manson came back for a, a four-year deal for um 18 million over the entire time which is um almost 5 million per season just under it. Pretty expensive I think for what he brings. Maybe they felt that he was an irreplaceable part of this team and they're kind of betting on, betting on his form for the avs being uh, the longer-term form that they're going to get from him over the t- over the d- course of the contract, uh, and maybe they feel like the cap-hitting term is easily movable. But, yeah, not sure I would have gone that route with the limited cap space that they do have, but they've also brought back Arturi Lekanen for five years at, uh, again, um, just a little bit over $4 million per season. I think that that's a pretty good value contract. I like the extension. I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, but ultimately the biggest one of course was getting Valerian Nichushkin under contract at eight years for 49 million over the duration. Um, this was a huge push for them and, uh, you know, Nuchushkin got a massive raise, but also I, I think he probably could have gotten a little bit more on the open market. Uh, he's a monster of a player, one of their best space creators and attackers and truly just a force of nature. But, um, They considered him one of the most important parts of this team, and I would agree. I think he was a really critical part of their top six, and I was curious to know if he would walk or if they would bring him back because they've always tried to exploit the margins and bring in players uh, on, on really value signings at first or trades where they're not giving up much, but they're getting a ton for the cap hit. This time, though, I think they've kind of gone the opposite way of trying to extend their window by bringing it back and mostly filling in the margins with a few additional players like Brad Hunt, who signed for two years at around a little over or just that league minimum, which I think Brad Hunt for two years you're getting a very decent AHL defender and somebody who can be your seventh D and provide some offensive punch, even if his game is not exactly well rounded. Uh, you know Darren Helm also coming back for a little, little over one million for one year, another decent value signing. Somebody who um, played a pretty solid defensive role, and I mean you just look at this team, and I mean they're really great. I, I also think that they're very cognizant of the core kind of having a bit of a shakeup in the next couple of years once McKinnon's deal runs out. But for the time being, they're going to run it back as much as possible and try for the mythical two or three cup run. Obviously, Tampa Bay came really close to pulling it off, but then fell to uh, uh, you know, this team. So Colorado is probably poised to make the most of it and actually get closer than anyone else if they can pull it off over the next couple of seasons. But I have a lot of faith in this team. I think that they're one of the most progressive squads out there. And, you know, they didn't really have to make all that many additions. They're smart. They know how to find value in places where other teams have left market inefficiencies available. So, yeah, great squad in Colorado. Um, One team, though, before we uh, pause real quick that I think is also worth shouting out uh, that hasn't really made a ton of huge changes, but. Uh, Did make a couple of interesting acquisitions is Dallas. This team is under, uh, of course, a new head coach with Peter Peter DeBoer. Um, I'm not really a big DeBoer fan, but uh, I mean, you go from Bones to DeBoer, I guess it's roughly the same thing. So I don't know how much really changed, but they brought in Colin Miller and Mason Marchman. Marchman, of course, is um, a really great winger and uh, a fantastic player that I thought was probably not going to last too, too long uh, with his previous team. Um, which, of course, was the Panthers. I mean, he was going to be very expensive. And so I think it was a, a very smart signing. He got a big raise. He's an awesome player. Uh, he was part of a very, very nasty Panthers offense. But, you know, at $4.5 per season, the Panthers just didn't really have the cap space. Dallas, though, they're getting a very good top six upgrade um, and certainly somebody who would, I think, step in for Alexander Radulov and do nicely. Colin Miller, uh, at one point, I think was probably one of the more hotly contested names among hockey Twitter. This guy used to be the defender that everyone talked about. Um, he's decent, right? You know, you're getting uh, a solid top four right handed defender. I don't know if he's like that amazing these days, but you know, for around just under two million per season, I don't think you can really complain. This is a very cheap contract, uh, and somebody who can at least give them a little bit of uh depth, especially with the loss of John Klingberg, because Klingberg definitely ain't coming back. And you know, Colin Miller, I, I think he'll probably do about the same job. Uh but, you know, John was obviously a really pivotal part of that that um power playing stuff. Miller, maybe not nearly as effective uh as Klingberg, but Klingberg himself wasn't nearly that great these days either. So all in all, I think a fairly quiet offseason for this team. Um, they made some extensions like Denis Garianov, uh coming back for one year. But other than that, not a lot to say here. Um, they did make one change with Scott Wedgwood and net. But aside from that, you know, Dallas is going to have to just sort of roll with what they've got. And I think that they're, they're probably looking to really improve in the draft. I don't know how they did this year. Uh, some of the prospects that they've picked up, I'm not super familiar with. But uh, aside from that, again, I think that this is a team that still sits in like the middle of the central division pack. I don't know that they're like outstanding, but that group is gonna be just okay, most likely under deboer, so not a squad that I am super concerned about up next though, we'll take a look at the Minnesota Wild. This is a team um that is probably another middle of the pack squad, and they've got some real serious issues especially around their superstar in Kirill Kaprizov. But we'll take a look about that in just a little bit uh, right after the break. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Jets. We are taking a brief look around the Central Division and trying to get a sense of what next season's top uh, Central teams are going to be looking like. We've uh, gone through Chicago, who are basically tearing everything apart. The Avs, who are trying to bring it back and roll roll it back as much as possible with a championship core, and then Dallas, who have made some small improvements here and there, but probably nothing to make them a true contender. Out, you know, out out either in the Central Division or in the NHL at large. Minnesota, kind of in a similar boat, I would say to uh, Dallas, but certainly in the long term, I think Minnesota is very uh, very. Set up well. Uh, They had a fantastic draft, one of the best drafts of any of the teams this year. I think that they were super smart in getting guys like uh, Danila Yurov and Liam Urgren, um, especially where they were taken. This, I think, is going to make them very happy. I expect them to be a very dangerous team down the road. And then, of course, you know, the Fiala trade, I think that they got a pretty okay ish return. Uh, Brock Faber is legit going to slide into their top four defense, uh, probably for the foreseeable future. And Of course, with the number 19 pick, that was where they got Ogren, and Ogren seems like he's an extremely talented winger, so um, this is a team with a pretty bright future. Jesper Wallstedt signed a contract earlier this year. Seems like he'll be coming to um, their AHL system or maybe even Minnesota itself sooner rather than later, and then just recently, they've traded out Cam Talbot for uh, Philip Gustafson, and last I recall, I thought Gustafson was having a pretty okay season with the Sens, but... Talbot hadn't really done a lot with this team. Uh, Unfortunately for Cam, he's just on the older side, and honestly, he's not that impressive. But um, I think Gustafson has some decent upside, and maybe behind this really locked-down defense, this will be a team that's going to actually look a little bit better and finally get those extra few saves that always seem to evade the, the wild during the postseason. Aside from that, though, they really haven't made any other crazy deals. The only thing that they really did was bring in Jacob Middleton for um, a, a three-year contract. Not bad. I think make Middleton's a legit, decent top-four defender. But Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, they have also signed for a two-year deal. He's he's okay, right? I think they would expect somebody like um, maybe Wallstead or one of their other goalies in their system to at some point start to take some starts away from him. I can't really imagine that Flurry in this current state is going to be that much better than Talbot. He didn't really have a crazy run with the Wild, um, even backing up Talbot in that initial trade. So yeah, Minnesota I, I kind of look at it as like a middle of the pack team, but I think in a few seasons as their prospects start filtering in, they'll be a much more dangerous squad. But the whole Kaprizov situation in Russia right now, where uh, honestly I don't even know if they know where he is um, or if he's been able to leave yet, but Really ugly, and I think that they're probably very concerned about the likelihood that he even returns to North America anytime soon. Wishing him the best and hope that he stays safe. Uh, because of course, that whole military ID thing has been a, a very serious issue. But until that is resolved, this team as is, it's just okay. Um, I, I think that they're not really expected to be a top end contender, and you know, you're looking at the, the departures of some of their older players. Not really, again, expecting a massive season. Looking at uh, the Nashville Predators up next, another team that had a really good draft. I think uh, next to Minnesota, they might have even had a slightly better one. They got Joaquim Kamel for a crazy pick. Um, And of course, Kamel has now signed a contract because of course he has. He's a phenomenally talented player, somebody that I thought the Jets really should have gone after. But uh, of course, they ended up going with Rucker McRody at their pick instead. As far as signings, though, they haven't really done a ton. They uh, did bring in Kevin Lankinen, but I don't really know if that actually matters. Lankinen is kind of a guy in net, didn't really do a ton. And for the most part, we've seen national signing players like Sanford and um, a few others. I think Roland McCown uh, is being brought in, Kevin Gravel as well. A lot of like bottom six slash third pairing defenders who are more likely um, AHL depth, but can certainly do a role if you are not expecting much in your uh, your your very depth positions. I think the biggest thing, though, for them is just getting Philip Forsberg back. He signed an eight-year, $68 million contract. That was obviously a situation that was hanging over their heads throughout the entire season, trying to figure out if Forsberg would come back. But he did make overtures at wanting to stay. And, you know, your superstar goal scorer coming back, I think that that is probably considered a pretty big win. I just don't know if this team in the short term is really going to do much. I kind of view them in the same vein that I view Minnesota. Now, I will say that their goaltending with Yusaseros is significantly better and probably enough to mask a lot of their issues. But, you know, they definitely have to hope that some of their prospects start to hit because, again, goal scoring over the, the past couple of years, it's been better in recent times, but it's still not ideal Uh, and and Nashville itself is just kind of like a mediocre team. So we'll see how they fare next season, but I don't expect them to be like a a particularly serious threat. Who I would say is probably more likely to be a pretty dangerous team uh, is St. Louis. The Blues are just always in the top three of this division, and I I wouldn't say that they made a ton of great signings, mostly depth players so far, Um, players like Thomas Grice, Martin Furk, Grice is a legit goalie, uh, but aside from that, you know, you're looking at players like Ferk, uh, Josh Levo, and Matt Highmore. Not a ton here that I would say is crazy in terms of bringing in uh, some fresh talent, but other than that, I mean, they did sign Nick Letty for four years. I don't know why they would ever do this. Um, pretty solid draft as well, nothing too crazy. I will say that Billy Huso walking uh, and, and being traded to Detroit probably is a bit of a loss. You know, it's now down to uh, Jordan Biddington and whoever else is going to back up. I don't know who their backup would be now, but the biggest loss for them is going to be David Perron. Aside from Huso, I think Perron was probably one of the few players that I'm a little bit surprised they're letting go. Maybe they just felt they didn't have money for him to come back, but he's a really good player. And I was a little bit surprised that they uh, weren't going to bring him back because he's basically always been tied to a blues contract one way or another. And now it's just a, a a final separation. And I think at this point, you know, Perron's probably not far off from retirement, but certainly he'll go to the red wings and be really productive. Other than that though, I mean, you're basically looking at the same team that we saw over the past couple of years. I think Tarasenko was planning to stay so far, which again, Tarasenko is still a fantastic winger. So this team, I would definitely project in the top three. I also think Colorado was definitely, a, um, I mean, very clearly the the winner of the division. And kind of looking at that, you know, where the where do the Jets fit in the scheme? I think Winnipeg is honestly somewhere in like third or fourth place. Um, but I would say if they were in that like three to four range, it's going to be a bit of a slurry with like Minnesota, Nashville, and Dallas. All of these teams have like really significant flaws and a lot of them, um, their their ceiling is definitely capped at a certain level below St. Louis and Colorado. And even the Blues themselves, I don't know, are, are like a super, super amazing team. So overall, I do kind of think the Central Division is not going to be that good next season. Uh, a lot of depth moves and not really a ton of major acquisitions. In, in, instead, I would say it's mostly been a lot of major departures. So Uh, A weaker division, the Pacific looks like it might be getting a little bit stronger. But for the Jets, I don't know if it's going to matter because Winnipeg hasn't really done enough to take advantage of this offseason and make some major moves to put the Jets in better straits. But uh, I've already complained about that on previous episodes. I'm not going to waste breath over that here. Be curious to know your thoughts on the Central Division. What teams do you think... Are most dangerous, be sure to let me know on social media at uh, LO underscore Winnipeg Jets and at HO Living Loco or in the YouTube comments below. Let me know what uh, your rankings are. Give me maybe even um, a Central Division end of regular season standings prediction. I think mine would probably be Colorado, St. Louis, uh, maybe Minnesota, then Winnipeg, then Nashville, um, Dallas and finally Chicago I think that that's probably how I would have it but I'd love to hear what you all think let me know in the comments below but for tonight's episode that is going to be all the time that we have thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day be sure to make your second listen Locked On NHL our Lockdown experts give you a daily 30 minute podcast on all things NHL all year long it's free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms same as Locked On Winnipeg Jets so Like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.